Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Like, say I want to see what you're doing and who you're hanging with, and you're not posting about it on your story. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's weird. You do that? No, I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends, and then use that money to buy something at a store with Apple Pay. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Maybe. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today we have another listener mail for you. It's been a while since we've done these, so this one's a bit longer. If we don't read your listener mail, please don't read into that. Um, (laughs) It's not like some kind of personal slight or anything like that. Um, It's just the the way sometimes uh, what works out. And, And also just, you know, some of the shorter ones we really appreciate. Please don't stop sending those, but you know. I don't want to just go through, hey, I like this episode. <laughs> I want to read those. <laughs> but if they're not in the listener mail, please don't be offended. Because <laughs> we do love those. They actually are like the joys. Some of it's the true. great joys. Perhaps we should do a listener mail where we just read those. Uh, but in the meantime, we do have quite quite a listener mail extravaganza for you. Uh, and Samantha... I figure you can kick this one off. It's a letter about sex in the city. So we have Hakura, which I hope I said your name right. Please let me know if I didn't. We will correct it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they wrote, I want to write to you that I enjoy your recap episodes of Sex in the City so much. I wish they were every week. It's coming back, I swear it is. (laughs) Uh, I started watching Sex in the City in high school over 10 years ago now. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> I love every young listener. <laughs> I know they're not young, but in my head, yeah, that statement made me feel old. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, it was such a major experience because it was the first time that I watched a show where women behaved like women. Back then, I was only watching teen shows like Glee or detective shows like Castle. As a born and bred New Yorker, I also appreciated that I could really see the city and all the glamorous parts of it. 
even though it's not a very realistic portrayal of what life in NYC is like, I still loved it. I always thought I was a Charlotte, but now I think I am beginning to be more like Carrie. I'm not too starry-eyed like Charlotte anymore, but maybe more guarded like Carrie. The episodes that you have recently put out are at Carrie's post-breakup with Big, and I've been finding them extremely relatable. I picked the wrong men. That's the quote. That's how I'm feeling right now, too. Oh, after a confusing situationship with a guy. Ooh. Even mm-hmm. though the show came out over 20 years ago, it warms my heart that I still find it relatable. Agreed. Yes. Agrees. And I like I like that you bring in situationship because that, that term didn't exist. Yes. At that point in time. And I'm like, I love the, the level of changes that has happened with this, like all of these shows. But yeah, it is so relatable. It is. And I also appreciate I'm starting to think that when you're younger and you watch the show, you think you're a Charlotte and then you or a lot of people do because I did, too. And then you kind of watch it or, or kind of like grow. And then you're like, no, that's not me. I'm just, I'm just intrigued by kind of the evolution of it. Right. I think that's interesting. Uh, we do. And thank you to how many people wrote in about after I did my episode about how when fandom hurts you about Harry Potter because that was a really emotional episode for me. And a lot of you wrote in about it. Helena wrote, Like Annie, I was a really strong Potterhead and also got a lot of flack for it because I'm closer to Samantha's age. So I also dealt with the whole, why are you reading a kid's book in college? And the movement away from the Potter fandom has been hard. It was a gradual shift for me starting around 2015 to 2016, I think. I started re-listening to the audiobooks and just kept catching things that I could finally recognize as problematic. The happy slave trope, the house elves, the stereotyping of different characters in their cultures, particularly Pan-Asian and even some European as well, the casual rape culture, etc. It was hard to really catch and pay attention to these things after hearing J.K. Rowling defend inclusive ideas and interpretations to an extent. Really made me rethink a lot of what she said slash defended. After more of the anti-trans stuff came to light, I started seeing slash thinking about things in the book differently. Is the constant use of Tom Riddle versus Lord Voldemort a sort of trans erasure? The insistence on dead naming or not recognizing a chosen name. And again, it was hard to refine the joy that I had with the series. I tried at first to argue, hey, it's fanfic or fan-inspired. It doesn't count or give her money. I have a t-shirt that I love that says the wand chooses the wizard over a set of knitting needles. I knit as well, and I can't look at it anymore without cringing. It's something I only throw on when I'm doing laundry and not leaving the house now. And I have a hard time reading the fanfic that I used to love. I really appreciated how vulnerable you were being, Annie, and I really appreciated how Samantha was encouraging you to just allow yourself to fill and discuss. It was very cathartic. Thank you. And I did Thank appreciate you. it, Samantha. You were very, <laughs> you were very supportive. Um, and I totally agree. I actually took down, I told myself I was going to wait until they fell because I'm lazy, but I took down my Harry Potter posters the other day. Uh, they're just bumming <laughs> me out too much. Awesome. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do it. Well, and people kept seeing them in our meetings because we would have like video meetings and you could see them in the background. People would ask me about it. And I was like, I'm tired of having to explain this. So also, Kale wrote, Hey, Annie and Samantha, I just wanted to thank you for talking about the pain that goes with saying goodbye to the things that once made you feel safe. I too was a huge Harry Potter fan and still am. I'm trans and I just try to forget JK exist. Your podcast makes me feel safe and has so far at least a couple of years now. Because of the culture you've created, I will never have to give y'all up because some transphobic feminist ideology. And for that, I can't say thanks enough. Please don't think of this as added pressure. Even just listening to you shoot the shit and make each other laugh is enough for me. Aw. Yay. 
That makes Aww. us so happy. <laughs> That's all I don't we have want. Tears in my eyes, but, uh. <laughs> That's all we want, and we really appreciate it um, so much. Uh, and then Lou, Lou Rip, I really appreciated how you shared your vulnerability about the potentially toxic fandom stuff and how it's affected you, referencing the episode that came out last week or maybe the week before, I forget. I just wanted to say I don't think it's weird or difficult to understand. What is difficult to understand is how wealthy folks with incredibly large platforms of influence who are where they are because they benefited from a capitalist society that is driven by largely non-wealthy people spending what little money they have refuse to see the responsibility they have towards those folks. OMG, run on sentence, not LOL. I hear you. Um, and I don't mean the super toxic stuff that happens on social media that is driven by fan bases. Like, as a rich celebrity, you owe me sharing your life with us as your fans online or whatever. I mean seeing the massive sphere of influence they have and how they can wield that in a totally irresponsible way. Does that mean every celebrity needs to share my ultra-liberal belief system? No, but for heaven's sakes, it does mean that celebrities need to reflect on their actions just like we all do. If I screw up in my life and hurt my friend's feelings and she comes back and tells me, I am horrified and I listen and I respond. But do we maybe sometimes fundamentally disagree? Maybe, sometimes. But I can still acknowledge how my actions hurt her and work towards compromise. I don't think it's too much to ask celebrities to do that reflection too. I think that's a good point. I haven't really thought about, about it like that. Yeah. If I had said something that hurt you, I would feel <laughs> bad and at least. Right. Right. Like if I had known that and I would want to correct that, that's. Or at least I like. I, at least listen to you. Or, yeah, I don't right. know. Right. She, it feels like she just shuts down. She won't even listen to it. Right. And then it plays victim, which mm-hmm. is worse. This is gaslighting <laughs> when you mm-hmm. play victim, when someone <laughs> asks you to do something and think about it and they're like, no, how dare you? Mm-hmm. That was my accent for Jake. <laughs> Excellent as always. <laughs> The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? 
Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. We got a couple of messages uh, about my episode about identity. Um, And Jade wrote... I was behind on my episodes and finally listened to the one from last month around adoption and identity and want to thank you for sharing more about your adoption story and recent updates. I'm a late 30s Korean adoptee who also didn't start exploring Korean culture or my history until I was an adult. And many things you said in the episode resonated with me or just made me feel seen, as the kids say. Agreed. I also have gotten in contact with the agency in Korea that handled my adoption and have been sitting on submitting requirements for a birth search. Overall, I feel like there's still very little open conversation about this topic in the media, and it's just really reassuring to hear someone going through the same questions and mental hurdles. Thank you again for sharing your story. Yes, Jay, thank you for writing, because yeah, I also felt seen, (laughs) as the kids say. (laughs) And then Helena or Helena, I really hope I'm saying this right. Please correct me once you hear this, because I want to make sure I get it right in no disrespect at all. But they did send this note. I do have issues with my name, which is also why I want to correctly say your name. (laughs) Um, I hate it and I've hated it for longer than I can remember. Every time someone tells me, but it's so pretty, I want to laugh in their face. It's a relatively short name, but no one is ever able to pronounce it correctly. I apologize. (laughs) Um, And many seem to still pronounce it incorrectly, even after I correct them. I'm supposed to be named after some relative that's been long gone, but it turns out no one knew how she pronounced it either. My parents picked one option, and it's evidently the wrong one. I've also just struggled with it as I've grown and changed and learned more about my own identity, my sense of gender, and so much more. I feel so stuck with it. It's a name I hate, but I can't seem to get away from, nor can I think of anything else. I've used the nickname in the past, but there's also issues with that in terms of, quote, adulting or professionalism or what have you. So a lot of agreement with Samantha this time around. Different issues at the root of it, but still very relevant. But names are important. I always like the one trans meme of a mom holding their kid and saying, I gave you this name when you didn't have a voice, and now you've chosen a new one that fits you better. If names are a gift, can I just find one in the right size and style? I hope Samantha's journey goes smoothly. Oh, I've never seen that meme. No, I want to find it. That's such a good saying. And then a friend of the show, Ray, who I have quoted because I feel like she's a mentor now. (laughs) Ray, if you hear me, I feel like you're a mentor. She's always encouraging and is so loving. I'm sorry if we don't respond all the time. Sometimes I get away from social media. I'm like, nope. Mm -hmm. But she has some really good responses. And she did. She wrote in about the name episode as well. And she wrote, wow, Samantha, I just listened to uh, Names and Identity. And I'm so sorry to hear how conflicted you are and just how bizarrely hard Georgia makes it to change your name. I hope that you're able to find clarity around this. Um, and then she goes on to share an anecdote of her own life. And I'm not going to share that because I feel like it's too personal. So, Ray, if you want me to share it, I can. But I'm like, mm. I didn't get permission from her quite yet. It gives her, like, full name. So I won't do that unless you want me to, Ray. But she does talk about how in her own life through uh, getting married, uh, she's had to struggle with this and even having to explain her name because, yes, she as uh, uh, one ethnicity is explaining a different type of ethnic name. So I'm like, oh, she, yeah, Ray really gets it. But um, she goes on to say at the very end, all this to say that I don't think you're imagining the struggle you're going through, and I definitely see it as a valid one. I know in my case, I had a whole 35 years before marriage to develop a grounded identity, which you didn't have before your adoption. So I'm sure 
sure I still don't understand the majority of it, but I do get a taste and I empathize. I hope you continue to surround yourself with awesome people like Annie and your partner who can help you walk through the potential name change identity discovery. Hugs to you and please keep us posted on what you decide. I will have a beer waiting for that happy hour update. So, Aww. Ray, thanks again. Like, she's just got such sweet messages. I'm like, I must share. Yeah, that's <laughs> lovely. Thank you. Uh, So now we have kind of a bunch of random, a mixed bag. (laughs) A mixed bag. Yeah. Uh, Starting with Elizabeth. Elizabeth wrote, your episode about the first involving the Women's World Cup reminded me about a book I read recently about the founding of the Women's Rugby World Cup. It's a great story involving the players themselves deciding to make it happen. And then the rugby world began to accept them. These women would make a good episode and probably willing to give an interview or two. Or the book would be a good book club recommendation. The title is World in Their Hands, the story of the first Women's Rugby World Cup. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who played rugby, so I... Do you? I don't know anyone. Oh, Do I know someone through you? Yeah, Katie, Whitney. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can see that. Marissa? I can see that. (laughs) Marissa played rugby? She did. Not for long, but she did. Delonica had rugby? I think he mostly played it at at Georgia Tech somehow. Even though Delonica didn't go to Georgia Tech. (laughs) I don't know how that happened. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I think maybe they played against people at Georgia Tech, and then I saw them that way. I'm all wrong. Anyway, anyway. (laughs) Chris wrote, in the official novel version of Star Trek The Motion Picture, Kirk makes a comment early in the book in his log that some people in Starfleet thought their deep friendship also meant they were lovers. His comment in his log was that he couldn't get together with someone only horny once every seven years. What? Sorry. Uh, As a teen, that was crazy eye-opening to me. But it also seemed logical to me that in the 23rd century, the world would have evolved beyond the 1990s. Interesting. Chris, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that is in reference to Spock and how Vulcans uh, pursue relationships. I, none of this means anything to me except for Spock and that's it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and Star Trek. Oh. <laughs> I know nothing. And I will I, not watch this with you, Annie. No. No. We're I, not doing that. Star I, Wars, sure. <laughs> I did. I replied to Chris and I said, I do think this is one of my favorite things about science fiction, though, is that you can imagine the world beyond the 1990s. Aliens um, exist, so. Which, speaking of, Rachel wrote, OMG, loving the X-Files episode. <laughs> Only halfway done, but I'm praying you end with Bree Sharp's David Duchovny song about the worldwide crush on him. We did not end on that. I had never heard of that, but guest co-host Lauren made sure I listened to it when I brought up this mail to her. <laughs> I had never heard of it. <laughs> I don't know this. So thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Sam wrote, I listened to the episode on sexism in survival movies. I found it validating because concepts were addressed, which I'd brought up with other people previous, but those people didn't understand what I meant. Recently, I watched Katla on Netflix. Katla, Katla. Hopefully I got it somewhere in the the realm of right. Uh, After a friend had recommended it. At first, I was excited because I love shows with beautiful landscapes. Also, I spent a very brief time living in remote Iceland, making me familiar with the stories of Katla. By the end, though, I was left feeling incredibly uncomfortable by sexist tropes. Katla is sort of a survival TV show mixed with sci-fi thriller and maybe a touch of horror. In Katla, Katla has erupted, making Vic uninhabitable. Then clones start coming from the ash. 
The show opens with the protagonist, Grima. She wears dark hoodies, no makeup, uh, has her waist-length hair pulled back in a low ponytail, and has a physical labor job. I felt immediately excited because I was like, awesome, a protagonist who is just like me. Iceland is super progressive. But no, the show does not come to portray this as a good thing. Sure enough, a Grima clone appears that wears bright makeup, cute sweaters, and doesn't tie her hair up. This clone, of course, starts having sex with her husband and makes him happier by being more cheery. Clone Grima just finds paint, redecorates the house while Vic falls apart, throwing out her dead mother's and sister's stuff, showing she is over them. The husband character praises her for this behavior. It is shown as healthy. I do think Grima had an unhealthy relationship with loss and her husband. But IDK, maybe the show should have shown them trying better help for couples and individual therapy. <laughs> They're not clone Grima being a good housekeeper and having sex with her not great husband. Also, as someone who works on houses, I was insulted by the paint thing. You can't use 20-year-old paint. Paint is incredibly expensive to just on a whim. <laughs> redecorate your whole house. There was no painting prep. Anyway, I felt frustrated by her whole character arc. The show had many other issues I took issue with. Another, for example, is Grima's dad had an affair and their mother commits suicide over it. Grima's dead sister's clone forgives the clone of the woman her dad had an affair with, but never speaks to her dad. It seems bizarre to me, like blame the mistress. I brought this up to the friend that suggested it, and they just shrugged it off. I felt hurt that a newish show from Iceland that had 100% on Rotten Tomatoes still had many sexist tropes. After that, I felt very relieved by the episode Annie produced this week. <laughs> this? That's such a gold email. Like, I, I see this. It feels like when you watch something, you're like, that's not how that fit. That's not real. <laughs> the pain. That's not, that's so unrealistic. So good. It's so good. I get this. Like, I social guess. work, same thing. Like, that's not, that's not a thing. That's not what yes. you do. What is no. this? I love that so much. I love it. It's real. Yes. It's real. Yes. And I agree. This actually makes me... I've had a loose idea for something related to this for a while, but I think there's a strange thing that's happening with sort of the anti-heroine that's... There's a line between we need to... She needs to work on herself from her own perspective. Like, this isn't healthy. Versus everyone else being like, let's just throw her away. Look at this really happy version. Like, I, I don't know. There's a, I've been thinking about this for a while, actually. Hmm. Um, so we should come back to that. Yeah. And it's a fair point. Like, and it's so disappointing when you think it's going to be good because everybody hypes mm -hmm. it up and then you watch it and you're like, that's, I felt that way about that, the newer version of Mad Max with mm. Charlize Theron. I was like, this is not what they said. Wait, what? Like, people mm -hmm. put such a big caveat to it, and then you come back and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. And Megan wrote, I want to write in because I'm getting so worried about social media as my kids grow older and I have no idea how to navigate it. As a mom of three, ages 9, 12, and 14, I find myself at a loss when it comes to navigating this digital landscape. My oldest, who is about to graduate eighth grade, is starting to express a desire to get social media and she keeps talking about how all of her friends have it. However, I can't help but worry about the realistic standards it sets and how that could affect her development and self-identity. I've done a lot of digging, and I decided to let her use this app called Daily, D-A-Y-L-Y-Y. It's a social media app that doesn't allow filters or edits, and you can only post at real time, and its mission is to bring the casualness and realness of posting back to social media. I've told my friends about it, and they're all on board as well. Could be worth it to check it out. Am I crazy for not wanting her to get Instagram and TikTok? I want her to grow up like an average kid and not miss out on things her friends are doing. I just wish social media wasn't so toxic, especially for girls. Oh, yeah, that's legitimate. I can't imagine just working in a field um, of social work and being with teens and seeing this. I had told my own family members, so I don't have children, but I have nieces and nephew. And I expressed to them, don't do this. Don't allow them on it unless you are truly able to monitor them. I was diehard. I'm like, don't give them a cell phone. Yeah. Don't give them a cell phone until, like, they're responsible enough to understand what this is. Because there's too many access. Unfortunately, we all have so, we also have, like, PlayStations and all that that allow for networks. Yes. Yep. But I get the fear. Like, that is legitimate. And not even talking about, like... Um, when we talk about predators and being groomed. But yeah, talking about how toxic it is, especially for girls and what it is. And, it to- and honestly, toxic for young men, young boys as well, teaching them this habit and thinking that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen more and more TikTok videos recently, <laughs> I say, um, <laughs> of like young teens going after people and then trying to be like, but I'm a kid. Why are you being mean to me? But like they're giving off some of the most awful things and saying the most awful things. And it's like, yeah, because you're doing this, you need to be called out. Don't get me wrong. I don't want them to be bullied or anything. But the legitimate fact is that they're learning that they think they, think they can do these things, creating even more of a toxic culture, which is so scary. So I could not imagine going through all of that and having to do this. And I've never heard of this app, so I'm interested no. in know. I have a friend who works for an app called Bark. Uh, Mm -hmm. which is a startup that helps monitor children as well as apparently they've done like 
catch a predator type of thing. Wow. Uh, as well. Mm-hmm. And like to help investigations. All that to say, don't do that. I don't mm-hmm. know what that is, but they, they most of it is just like being alerting parents to like things that they need to be aware of and things that could be on the site and like help monitor what their children are wa- looking at. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. Like, again, as a nanny, I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, don't, yeah. I, you can, they can only have it if they're present in front of me and like begging them not to. I'm like, you're going to make your life harder and mine harder by mm-hmm. allowing this. But yeah, and it's now the norm. So what do you do? Right. Right. And unfortunately, we've talked about this too. It's being weaponized and like, like there are legitimate concerns here. I can't even imagine being a parent and yeah, having to deal with so this. But, but like with the, the, especially like around weight or body image, but then it's being used by people who are not in good faith for things like COSA, which we've talked about which is not targeting that at all, but they're using right. that as kind of a front. So it's unfortunate right. and it's a mess. And I it is. don't really have a good answer for you. But, you know, I think I will say as a person who, again, has worked in this field and has, has been a nanny and has all these things, not a parent, putting that caveat there, but I have worked in the field. I have like been there. That, that was my profession for 20 years. Um, I It is I have seen more kids that seem resentful at the beginning about Mm -hmm. it come out later saying, thank you. I'm very very grateful that I was able to monitor this. And this is included my niece and nephew because I had very like different, like I have two siblings who had kids and they had very different ways of doing things and it shows. And even though one, they were going through their own trauma, but like they didn't have access. They got it when they were 18. Mm -hmm. Um, And they are actually one of them who didn't have access to late teen is a social media coordinator for a university here in Georgia. Like she's, she's fine. She's learned Mm -hmm. social media, but she didn't have access to it and comes back and says, I'm glad I didn't see that Mm -hmm. until I was at least a little more established in my confidence. And she's one of the most confident young women that I've met and I love her and adore her. But like, it's true. Like it's, I've seen more people, even though they may have been resentful at the beginning Mm-hmm. If your intentions are pure and being a protective parent, later coming in and saying thank you, then yeah. I have being those who uh, were given it to early, having like, oh man, like I'm great. I'm like they, they they had a lot of problems on social media as a kid, and I was very sad that they had to go through that. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, we've talked about it before, but I, we were on a different track where like. Our parents didn't necessarily have to do that because it didn't really exist. It didn't um, exist at all for me. Yeah. Like, I, I had something, but I'm glad that I didn't have this. I will say that. It wasn't even an option for me, so it's sort of different. Yeah. Um, but I am actually pretty glad. <laughs> yeah. um, here's a final message here from Joanna. I was listening to one of your last episodes when, Annie, you mentioned being hard of hearing. Your experience mirrors mine so much. The trying not to tell people, making sure people were on my good hearing side, trying to pass off that I was listening when I was only understanding half of what was said. It really rang true, especially because I started losing my hearing on the left side when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, the prime age for osteosclerosis, and it wasn't obvious at first. I have to say things have gotten much better, not perfect, but better, once I actually had my hearing assessed and got a hearing aid. The adjustment period was rough, uh, super tiring, but once I was adjusted, it really empowered me to talk to other people about it. My colleagues all know I'm hard of hearing and have no problems accommodating me when necessary, like closed captions on Zoom calls or moving to a quiet space to work when in person. 
It's been a journey, but I'm in a good space about it now. Even knowing I'll probably need to get a hearing aid for my right ear in the next three to five years. I hope you can continue in your hearing loss journey and start feeling more empowered to ask for accommodations from others. It really does help. Just want to close by saying I love the podcast. You both kept me entertained during many long runs of the years, but especially during marathon training this winter. Ooh, well, good, good luck. on you. Yes. <laughs> I keep thinking about my days of running. And I'm like, Me wow, too. did I do that? And I miss it, but I can't do that. <laughs> I know. I am similar. I'm like, I want to do it again. And I'm like, but do you? Yeah. I have the one time I did the uh, 10K. Yeah. I was like, nope, can't do more than yes. this. I'm going to die. <laughs> Uh, but thank you very much for your message. Aww. I actually, I, when I was in Vegas, I had a moment where I was like, should I tell people that I can't? Should I ask for them to move? I didn't. Aww. But then I had another moment where so many people were talking around me, which, you know, you can get from hearing loss, but you can also get from just processing issues. Yeah, but I, that. I, I was literally like, I almost got angry. Like it was like the emotion you get when you like the anxiety is building. Yeah. And I was just mad. Yeah. I didn't take it out on anybody. Uh, I don't think you would. But it was, I was like, did you find a correct situation? Okay. I did not know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You'll get there. I will. Yeah. It's funny though, because two of the people I was with asked to move because they're left handed, which is totally legitimate. But I was yeah. like, they asked to move. Why can't I ask to move? <laughs> Literally, like, I'm not going to be a part of this conversation <laughs> if I don't I was move just over here. S- I was sitting there like, oh. And I was right in the middle, so it was, like, yeah. very obvious. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I've learned to read your face when you don't know what I'm saying, but you're not asking. But you're just like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, she didn't hear me. We have to, fi- we have to fix this. <laughs> we have to do this again. <laughs> yes, which I appreciate. Um, but thank you. I have, I've gotten a lot of solace from people sharing their experiences. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. It. I know. I feel like that. that's part of our podcasting is like, yes, we are vulnerable and share. But then it's kind of like, oh, thanks for all the love. Yes. We needed that. This is such a good pat on the a bad yes. reassurance. Thank you so much. We it need is. This. Hearing from you <laughs> listeners is amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much um, to everyone who wrote in for this, to everyone who has written in. Um, we love it. We love hearing from you. Yes, we true. really do appreciate it. And if you want to contact us, you can. Our email is Stephanie and Mom, Steph at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff One Never Told You. We have a tea public store and a book you can get at StephYouShouldReadBooks.com or wherever you get your books. Uh, thanks as always to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Yes, thank you. And all the people who've actually bought our book and sending us thank messages you. and pictures. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you so, so much. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for listening. Um, so I'll never tell these production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. 
This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.